0: Good morning. Good morning. I uh, forgot one of the announcements, which I think might be the most amazing announcement. Uh, so, we're going to have uh, river baptism Sunday, July 9th after church. And Isaac is taking the lead in running the Bible. I first. Yeah. <laughs> but Man. if you. Uh, haven't been baptized, or you know somebody wants to be baptized, um, it's a great time, and we encourage everybody to come down to the River After Church and be his witness. God calls us to be witnesses of those who stand before people and say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Um, I do want to tell you, Marcy, that you know sometimes our people that are baptized do have that lightning experience because one time we were doing. Uh, baptism down the river and it was lightning numbers, and we had to stand under this tarp and then um, whoever's getting baptized would run down with me to the river and then run back up. It was crazy dangerous. So if that's what you are looking for That's <laughs> i I don't know. I just couldn't couldn't stop the baptism. I figured it was pretty important. <laughs> Um, Well, this morning, um, I I got a crazy question is, you know, how do you identify? What's your identity? Who are you? That's the question we're going to answer today. Uh, I would say that, uh, by and large, we have been programmed to think of our identity as our behavior, so we don't separate the two. Uh, but God doesn't look at it that way. He, he doesn't determine identity by behavior but by birth. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I know you're familiar with this, but uh, it's good to have it in front of us. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this uh, has to do with uh, being born in Christ and being baptized. Are you there? So it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And that is the the total definition of when we become born again. It's what we expect should happen. It's what we should experience. But it starts with us agreeing with God... That's the truth. That's what he says. You are a new creation. In Christ, you are a new creation. So you may not you may not be feeling it. You may not be walking in that. You may not believe that about yourself. You may not agree with God about that. So I you know. The question becomes Have you been deceived to live under a false identity? If you're not living with this acceptance and acknowledging that you are a new creation in Christ, you might be living under a deception, a false identity. Um, you know, another question Have you let your behavior or your sin become your identity? Um do you even struggle with your self-worth? Like, yeah, you know, how could God love me? Or I'm no good. Do you see yourself as nothing more than a saved sinner trying to serve God? You might even begin to identify or continue to identify as one of your sins when you're asked or prompted. Um, So many times we say, I'm a blank and we fill in a blank. You might say, I'm a sinner, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a lesbian, I'm a homosexual, I'm a thief, I'm a porn star, I'm an influencer, I'm a witch. People let that become their identity. In today's message, I want you to understand what God says you are. All of those things are things that you do. It is not your identity. These identifiers might dictate what you do, but they don't define who you are. Who does God say you are? We should see ourselves as God says we are, as He sees us. Oftentimes we identify by our maladies, our, our problems, and it consumes us. No. So, I, I just have to say, you, God has instilled me, I'm an ambassador from heaven. And that came, the words came out of you, but it's instilled in me. Amen. I, mean, I am an ambassador. You got God. it. You got it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I am. You are. <laughs> we all are. We are here. <laughs> <laughs> not, you're not kidding? I you know there's people out there where they go on the scroll, like, oh, I have a cell phone. If I need to call anybody, I uh, call him direct. I have him direct. It's never busy. He didn't say, hang it's never on a minute. Doesn't no. <laughs> <laughs> <that> call waiting? <laughs> no, God doesn't have call waiting. But um, the reason why this is important, you must know who you are in Christ if you want to change what you do. You might feel like you're in bondage to things still. In order for you to come out from under your uh, behavior and live out your new identity. So as a born born again Christian, get this, you are a saint. God says that you're a saint. You don't have to die and have a statue made for you. You're already a saint. Um, And that's because Christ is at the center of your being. We talked about that last week. We're going to keep that up until it just becomes second nature. And some may ask, well, then why don't I act like who I am? Why do people who are holy act unholy? Why do many Christians struggle with their sins, constantly trying to overcome them? You know, if all of this is true, God, why is this happening? And here's the answer. It's because they have believed a lie. A lie. As an illustration, imagine a uh, the king decreed that a pardon would be extended to all the prostitutes. Wouldn't that be good news for you if you were a prostitute? You wouldn't have to worry about avoiding the law or having a criminal record on your job application. It'd be good news for you but it wouldn't necessarily be motivation for you to change your behavior, change your life. Now, suppose that in addition to that pardon, the king asked you to be his wife. Now, would, would that give you a reason to change your life? Absolutely. Who wouldn't change a life from being a prostitute to a queen? The queen of the king. Gaining a new identity as a queen instead of a prostitute would be motivation to abandon being a prostitute. So this is just an illustration, but let us think about how it applies to our change, our new identity, how we went from where we were to who we are today. (coughs) When, When you become a Christian, or when you became a Christian... You probably understood that all of your sins were forgiven, Amen. You know, Amen. He's thrown as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> Means even our sins that we're going to create has been forgiven. He knows. He knows that. But did that forgiveness give you sufficient motivation to change your behavior? Not necessarily. I remember uh, when I first became a Christian. You know, it took a while before I changed my behavior, but I kept um, seeking God, and the Spirit working in me caused that to happen. Sometimes it happens immediately, and other times we take a while before it happens. So understand this. When you become a Christian, when you become born again, you have a new identity. You are now the Bride of Christ. Remember last week in communion we talked about how um, Jesus drank of the, the fruit of the vine at that last Passover and then he went to heaven and he says, I'm coming back to get you. He was showing them in no uncertain terms that covenant that he was making. Uh, turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. So just go to the to the Writing of the Bible, a few books to Ephesians 2.10. This is what God says. For we are His workmanship. We're His workmanship. What does that mean? He made us, He created us. We are the work of His hands. We are His workmanship in Christ Jesus for good works. So God has a plan for us, for our life, as He's drawn us into His kingdom, into His family. Because it says, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He prepared them even before we became a Christian. And now... We are to walk in them. God made us new. He's given us all an assignment. And He gave it to us to do, that we should do it. These works that He's given us are not deeds of darkness, like we used to live in and identify as. It's a new work. Here's here's the thing we all have to remember and accept. Our past, is not our identity, right? Our past is not our identity. Turn with me to Romans. We go to the left again, chapter 4. Romans 4, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Are you there? Yes,
1: well, Hallelujah. Okay.
0: What, what then shall we say... That Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. For what does the Scripture say? You know, we need to get in the habit of this when we're discussing things. What does the Scripture say? Yes. What does the Bible say? It says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So how did he obtain righteousness? Belief, faith. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him, him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. You know what's interesting? Lawyers try to justify the innocent, right? Well, I anyway mean, we get accused, some we hire a lawyer to, and we might have committed the crime, but their job is to get us off. But not God. God justifies the guilty when we come in, and we are set free and forgiven. Uh, Continuing through verse four. Just, well, let's see, we're in six now. Just as David, King David, also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits his righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Amen. And whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Amen. That's where we're at when we're in Christ. He does not take our sin into account. So I'm 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 talking today about identity, and I have for you um, uh, a Bible study, a word study about identity. (coughs) Uh, So I'm going to pass them around if you'd like to take one. I'll start with you, I guess. These uh, just have all the verses that talk about who we are in Christ, how God sees us. We were singing earlier, I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. Do you do you understand that? Do you do you agree with that? Is that your identity? I,
1: like I, am, I am who I am because oh, I am tells
0: me who I am. Amen. <laughs> yes. Um, While we're passing it around, turn to 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1, and we're going to begin with verse 8. Affliction is God's change agent. So often, we don't change until some trouble comes into our life. Amen. I, I, I love your testimony, and I just see that so powerfully working in your life. I know it's impacted you, but all of us, you know, we we uh, when things are going easy,
1: One day.
0: you know, we figure, well, why change? I mean, things are going pretty good. But when trouble comes, and we cry out to God, that affliction could be that change agent that really draws us closer to Christ.
1: God's been hearing me a whole lot in the last couple of days at work. <laughs> it's been some bad days.
0: Alright, so we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively. So this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And he's using his testimony of the afflictions and the things that he had to struggle through. It was beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. <laughs> you can see why with your testimony, I'm, I'm sitting back in oh, she doesn't even know this. <laughs> but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and He will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, and He will yet deliver us. You might not have been delivered from your afflictions yet, but have faith, believe, pursue, He will deliver us. So, question, am I willing to change? Am I willing to change? A lot of times the problem is, we're not willing to change. We're pretty comfortable where we're at. You might even say, I can't change. That's impossible. And maybe that's why you aren't willing. I mean, I hear this all the time. I can't change. I'm stuck this way. Um, you don't know my circumstances, I can't. And I say that's defeatist. It's a lie. And basically, it's refusal. It has to start. If, if you feel that you can't change, you don't want to change, ask God to give you the want to. Yeah. When, when I um, got one of my numerous drunk driving tickets out in California, I had to go to that uh, drunk driving class, you know, the state puts you on. and um, So I, every week, was asking God, asking Jesus to take away my desire to drink. You know, just take away the desire. And he did. Yeah. I mean, praise God.
1: Amen.
0: So we said earlier that we need to surrender our lives to God through Jesus at the baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that changes our heart, baptizes our heart, so we can say yes to Jesus who draws us to the Father. And and once we do, God's grace can and will work in us. Will work in us. Through us. And our question is, are we willing? Are we willing? We don't have to know how it's going to work. He'll show us. Alternately, you might actually want to bring quick closure to your problems. God, take this away from me. I don't want to go through it. I don't want to go through this trouble, this affliction. And sometimes we might be shortchanging what God wants to do in our life. Amen. Um, You know, sometimes we have to go through that affliction to understand how God can work in our life. Sometimes we have to go through it so that our faith will grow. So again, your past is not your identity. We said last week that God will allow you to have burdens greater than you can bear so that we will not trust in ourselves and we'll trust in God. And that's what we just read. Even Paul, who we think, you know, he probably had no troubles at all. No, He had to go through all of that. Why did Paul have to go through that? But he did. And he had to go through it. And, And now we can read about His faith and about His testimony and inspires us, causes us to believe in these things. I, I, got, I thought, well, my understanding of God was God doesn't give, these, give anybody something that they can't handle. And and we say, no, that's not right. That's yeah. not what the Bible says. Yeah. He says, He will be with you as you go through them. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. I think. That's maybe, yeah. The way. yeah. Not like you can't handle it, so... Sometimes He gives you you more than you can handle so that He can be with you, so that you will trust on Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, is our sinful behavior worth it? You know, in light of grace we say, well, if I sin, you know, I I still go to heaven, I still have eternal life. And to that I say, Well, let us ask Lot when we get to heaven, if it was worth it. Okay. (laughs) Um, Turn with me to 2 Peter. So go to your right, um, towards the back, go past Hebrews. And James, you'll get to 2 Peter eventually. 2 Peter, chapter two, verse four. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes... Having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Here comes the then. There's always an if and a then. Then! The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. So, you might be thinking, God doesn't hear me, he doesn't see me, he doesn't want, want to rescue me. He, he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't want... <clears throat> right here, Peter is saying, God knows the difference. God, If God can contain um, evil and unrighteousness, he can also save those who are under that bondage, who are under that trouble. So we have to believe that God can do what he says he can do, what he wants to do. So sometimes our resistance of being willing to change is because we're thinking God can't or won't. But he's stating right here: <coughs> he has the power, the ability, the desire. Oh, power, belief. Yeah. Some of us think we have an evil twin living inside of us, <laughs> and and that one is making all the bad decisions. But we don't. Um, We don't have the life of Adam and the life of Jesus living in us. Yes, we have flesh that wants to do what it wants to do. But we have the Holy Spirit willing to give us the power to say no. We may not be able to say it on our own because our flesh wants what it wants. But the Holy Spirit can give us that strength. You know, we we always we know that even as Christians, we can sin. But God has said, just confess your sins to me and you're forgiven. Boom, bam. No questions about it. So too often we wrongly believe that in order to become the person we ought to be, I need to change the things that I do, to prove my holiness, to be accepted by God. And he said, no, no. Love me. Come to me. Let me do it in you. Let him do it. And as we look at others, it's not our role to change people's behavior. I know we want to. We think it ought to happen but that's not our calling. Our calling is to lead them to Christ so they change their identity. Identity has to be changed first and Christ can come in. Mm -hmm. We all know Jesus was a friend of sinners. So let us determine to be Jesus in the midst of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. To love those and serve them and and encourage them and, and let them know, wow, Jesus has got some good stuff for you. So, if the old man has died, if the old man has been crucified, why do we still behave that way? Well, the fact of the matter is we still have the ability to sin in us, that's the flesh, And I believe in Romans 7, that's where Paul calls it the power of indwelling sin. So, just because uh, we're born again and we begin to have this desire that we don't want to sin, we still have to realize there is the battle going on. But we just have to turn our faith and our eyes and our devotion and our heart to the One who is won, who's already overcome. So often... We have discussions about someone who backslides and they're walking in their, their old ways. Um, they seem to have fallen away and we want to know, is that person still saved? <laughs> we come up with these great stories and exceptions. Is that person still saved? And, you know, we can have the, a, a discussion, get going back and forth, but then we're trapped. The reality is, that's the wrong question. Is that person still stay? That's the wrong question. We, we have not been given the authority to judge that decision. But it's the wrong question. The question should be answered, well, that's between him and God, but how about we go to the Bible and see what Jesus says to do and how he says to live. Why don't we just go do that? Let's, let's eliminate the question. Let's follow Jesus. We shouldn't want to get to the point in our life where we're testing God. Mm. So, again, your identity is changed once you surrender to Jesus. Your identity is changed. You know, your behavior isn't necessarily changed right there, but it's God working in and through us over time that will cause it to change. You know, once you agree that you're an ambassador of heaven, man, you're out there ambassadoring. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? So, you know, this is a liberating truth. When um, when we're saved, we're all right in God's book. We're all right in God's book. He loves you. Um, at this point, when we're saved, we need to be determined to live out our identity as Christ tells us, as God says we are. Know that God, Christ is our life. We're not just serving for Him, but He is our life. We are His possession. So, we have grace unto a new identity. Amen? Amen. 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 Alright, so...
1: You have anything to add in? Any questions and com- comments? Um, I've heard uh, sermons or talks on the sin that dwells within us, and it's—I picture it like well, what the, what they talked about was that it's it's something that dwells within us, but it's not us. Mm-hmm. And I always think about in the Matrix, the original Matrix, and Keanu Reeves is in the back seat of that car, and that. Centipede looking thing goes in his belly button. You know, (laughs) to me, that's like the sin that gets inside of us, but it's a separate creature within us that is, uh, that's dwelling within. And I think a lot of it has to do, and just the part of Grace Walk I'm reading right now has to do with what we focus on during the day. Do we do we focus if we focus on? oh my gosh, I'm a sinner and I did this and I did that and God's not going to love me and all this, mm-hmm. we're under the law all the time because that's where our attention is that we're doing wrong instead of spending our time in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we if we focus, it depends a lot on our focus, what we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't mean to get into a sub-sermon there, but <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, so far, that's just Staying busy, you yeah, know, so we don't focus on
1: it. Uh-huh. What saying? So. Just, yeah, well, not just staying busy, but focus like focus on the good things, focus yeah. on, yeah, on what we can do for somebody, focus on that's kind of why what we, we did for us. We're talking so much about reading our Bible
0: because yeah. yeah. then we're putting our focus on what God is saying, Yeah. focus on this, yeah,
1: your yes. identity. That's right. And Just then, go through those this week. Uh, look
0: up all those verses and yeah. read a little before and after. It's amazing. There's a, <clears throat> there's a lot. of uh, memory to fill in our brains. You know, I, I, I recently heard that we have like 80,000 thoughts
1: a day. <laughs> Just picture, you know, what those could be. <laughs> yeah. You know, are they mostly negative, or are you fighting <laughs> off the enemy, or are we uh, you know keeping encouraged? By, <clears throat>
0: Right. Yeah. Um, um, I think, was that, you raised your hand over? Yeah, just praising Jesus for homework. I like it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so God, you know, speaks through us with the Holy Spirit. He gives us our convictions. Um, he doesn't want us to try and be better Amen. than someone else that, you know, can recite and remember every Bible verse and this and that. God just wants us to be better than what we
1: yeah. He wants us to improve
0: on our lives daily. Yeah. Good one. And I do like um, that first scripture kind of describes me to be salty. Oh no, to be salt of the
1: earth. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mark, I was just—I didn't get one of those papers, so I didn't see it all. But in my
0: studies this week, um, and I didn't check it, so you guys can fact-check me. But I kind of like. Um, you know, John MacArthur is a pretty good Bible scholar, so I would trust what he says generally, but it says that Scripture defines and identifies the people of God by many names, but more frequently than any, anything else, we are called children. Children of promise, children of the day, children of the light, beloved children, dear children, and children of God. So as believers, we can rejoice, rejoice in the wonderful truth that through Christ we have become God's own children adopted through grace. Amen. So our identity is a child Amen. of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So, what I want to encourage you to do is, uh, as you go through that study, you know, adopt one of those statements as your answer when people ask, you mm-hmm. know, who you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So do you have that just at the tip of your tongue? I am. Because then we begin to have our focus in the right direction, we think about ourselves properly. And and when Satan starts tempting you with these other, the bad things and trying to uh, put you down, you can say those same words back to him. It's okay. Nobody's going to wonder if you're sane or not. Just... Well, praise God. Why don't we uh, gather around and pray for one another?